Thank you, Mike. Well, we are continuing our series uh, called Encountering Jesus, and we are meeting people that met the Lord Jesus. And today, we're going to meet ten guys. They were lepers, um, and Jesus heals these folks. One of them comes back to say thank you to Jesus, and uh, we're going to see what their story is and what this encounter with Jesus was like. But before we jump into all of that, because it's the start of the school year, and this has been our tradition here at Hebron, I think one that is well observed, is we want to recognize all those who work in our school systems, whether it be teachers, bus drivers, folks that work around the school buildings, uh, homeschool moms, you name it. If you're working with our kids over the course of this coming school year, we would like to recognize you this morning. If you would, to stand. Please stand. Thank you so much. Lots of folks all around. Take note. Um, and so you know where they, so you know where they are, where they were seated. I'm going to ask for all of us now to stand, uh, as is our custom for the reading of God's words. So if you would, let's all stand together. We're going to be reading from Luke chapter 17. Verses 11 through 14. Before we read, however, we are going to pray for all those folks that were just standing. So if they're st somewhere around you, maybe you might reach a hand out, lay it on their shoulder. And let's pray for all those that are going to be working for our kids in the coming school year. After the prayer, remain standing. We've got scripture to read. Okay, here we go. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we submit to you another school year ahead with great promise. A school year ahead, God, where... Uh, young people uh, will find uh, their purpose and perhaps their calling from you in life, Lord, as things begin to materialize for their future. God, we ask that these whom you have raised up to be in those uh, schools, Lord, uh, whether it be at home or in the building, uh, here down the street, God, that you would use them in a way uh, to give direction and guidance and love and nurture to the young people all around our community. We thank you for them and for their service. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Now let's read together. Keep standing. Luke chapter 17. We're going to begin reading at verse 11. This is the story of the ten lepers. Let's begin Luke chapter 17 at verse 11. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When they saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. All right, you may be seated. Now, what I want to do this morning is I want to walk us through these verses to walk us through the story of the ten lepers. We'll begin at verse 11. It says, now as Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem, he traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. We have a map up here on the screen, and you can see the region of Galilee and the region of Samaria. Galilee's in the brown, Samaria's in that kind of purple color. Uh, Galilee, that region, gets its name, of course, from the Sea of Galilee, uh, which is where Jesus conducted most of his public ministry. Samaria sits just south of Galilee, and Samaria was composed of people who were, had Jewishness in their bloodline, but they also were mixed with people from Persia, people from uh, Babylon, people from Greece. Some of the different empires that had uh, moved around that part of the world had taken people from other parts of the world, planted them in this territory of Samaria, and so they had mixed with the Jews. And so the rest of the Jewish nation didn't regard the people who lived in Samaria with a whole lot of love <clears throat> because they weren't like the rest of the Israelites. They weren't fully Jewish. It says, verse 12, 
that as he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met Jesus. So Jesus is walking along the border between Galilee and Samaria, and he goes into a village, and so there's these ten men who have leprosy. Now, you've probably heard about leprosy before. It's also known as Hansen's disease. And the way that this disease manifests itself, it's a bacterial disease, is that it causes lesions on the skin, and it deadens the nerve endings, and over time it can cause disfigurement, and if, if it goes on long enough without any sort of treatment, uh, it can literally lead to appendages falling off. Today, however, leprosy is curable with antibiotics. A series of antibiotics will eradicate a leprosy from a human person's body. However, in biblical times, they ha- it was an incurable disease. They had no way of treating it. And because it was a highly contagious disease, uh, and they had no way to cure it, uh, the people who had leprosy were considered... Uh, to be outcasts of society because they didn't want them coming in and mixing with the local healthy population. And so the rabbis of Jesus' day, the religious leaders, had a way of dealing with people who had leprosy to protect the healthy population. One of the ways that they would do this is they would make sure that anybody who had leprosy stayed at a great distance from anyone else who was healthy, who was not infected. And so if you're a leper, you had to stay at a great distance. And so to maintain that distance and maintain the integrity of the healthy population, they would also make sure that anyone who had leprosy wore torn clothing. This was a way to acknowledge, to signal to the rest of the healthy population that this person is contaminated. They had to cover their faces. And when the person with leprosy walked around town, they had to cry out. They were were forced to do this. They had to cry out, unclean, unclean, unclean. Everywhere they went, whenever they got near somebody who was healthy, they had to yell out, unclean. So it's basically saying, hey, here's a warning. I'm an infected person, and I'm coming through your area. Look again at verse 12. So these 10 lepers saw Jesus coming, and it says that they stood at a distance. So they're observing the Jewish law. They're observing that protection of the healthy population. Verse 13, and so they called out in a loud voice because they couldn't get close to Jesus. Remember, so they're hollering out at him, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. So there's these 10 guys, they're hollering out in chorus, Jesus, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And they're yelling this out in chorus, and they're not embarrassed to yell out in public. They're not embarrassed to be loud about this, because they had heard that Jesus' miracle worker had come into town. This is their one shot, right, to get better, to get healed. And so they're going to make everything out of it that they can. Verse 14, and when Jesus saw them, he said, go, show yourselves to the priest. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're saying, why did Jesus tell him to go see the priest? Why didn't he just say, you're healed? I mean, what was, why did he put this extra requirement of some sort in front of them that they got to go and show themselves to the priest? Well, it's because in Leviticus chapter 14 in the Old Testament, God says that um, if a person is leprous and they experience a divine healing, they're supposed to go to the rabbi of their town, they're supposed to go to the priest, and they're supposed to show themselves to the priest, reveal their arms, their legs, that sort of thing, to show that, hey, look, the leprosy is gone. I've been divinely healed. <clears throat> I've been restored. And so the point of that is then the rabbi can verify that this person is indeed uh, cured and that they can return, be restored back into uh, the public, back into society. So don't get this, or don't miss this. When Jesus tells these 10 guys to report themselves to the priest, he is signaling to the 10 guys, don't miss this, that he is going to heal them. He's sending them on down the road to where they can get checked so that they can be verified that indeed the leprosy is gone. 
And so just Jesus says, just start walking to Rabbi so-and-so's house, and by the time you get there, hey, guys, you're going to be healed because he'll be ready to check you when you get to his door. And so that's the promise that Jesus makes him, makes them. Verse 14, when he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, just as Jesus said was going to happen, and as they went, it says, they were cleansed. Did you notice that they were still lepers when they started heading down the road? You see that, right? They hadn't been healed yet. They had already started off down to Rabbi so-and-so's house. They had already headed toward the priest to go get verified that, they were gonna, that this healing had taken place, was going to take place. But they were still lepers when they set out. And the reason for this is, uh, is because uh, how true biblical faith works. Number one, God makes us a promise. And number two, God asks us to believe and then act on appropriately the promise that he makes us. And then number three, God follows up and keeps his promise. And lots of times, though, I mean, this is the way it worked with Abraham. When God asked Abraham to leave his homeland, Abraham didn't know for sure that God was going to give him this land and have all these offspring. Abraham was promised by God, and then Abraham had to act on the promise that God had given him in faith. This is the way it worked with Moses when Moses was asked to go back and face Pharaoh. This is the way it worked with Esther when God asked her to go in and see the king uninvited. This is the way it worked with Joshua when God asked him to march around Jericho seven times while the wall of Jericho were still up. And this is the way it worked with the 10 lepers. Jesus asked them to go do something based on his promise before he kept his promise. He said, hey, look, I'm telling you I'm going to do this for you. Now you need to, in faith, act on it and do what I'm asking you to do. And they did. And then God kept his promise. Now for us, the problem is lots of times we want to say, okay, God, you're giving me this promise. How about you go ahead and show me this promise, and then I'll believe, right? We say, God, we want to go ahead and see the, see the end, of, end result, and then we'll believe. But God says that's not how it works. He says you have to step out in faith. This is why the Apostle Paul said, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7, we walk by faith, not by sight. May I say that if you're a follower of Jesus Christ and the Lord is inviting you to do something, the Lord has promised you something, he is asking you to step out in faith, to walk out in faith, to do something. I want to encourage you this morning to do it. Don't wait for him to fulfill his end of the bargain. If God has put something on your heart for you to do, friends, you step out in faith and you do it. Because God reserves his deepest and richest blessing for people who walk by faith, not by sight. All right, let's get back to the story, verse 15. One of the lepers when he saw that he was healed, came back, that is, he doubled back, praising God in a loud voice. Verse 16, he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked Jesus. He was a Samaritan. So this fellow was on his way to see the priest, and all of a sudden, you know, his leprosy's gone. And he's walking along the road with these other ten guys, and he thinks to himself, uh, you know, we're heading down, well, hold on just a second, um, I want to go double back and see Jesus. I want to go back and thank Jesus. I mean, the priest can wait. I'll go see him in a little bit. That priest didn't heal me. Jesus healed me. And so he wants to go back and thank Jesus for this. Verse 17. So the healed guy, he gets back to Jesus, and, he, and Jesus says to him, were not all ten, were not all ten of you cleansed? Were, where are the other nine? Verse 18. Was no one found in return, or to return and give praise to God except this foreigner, this Samaritan? Verse 19, last verse. Then Jesus said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. How's everybody doing? 
thinking about some chip fried chicken. <laughs> okay, well, that's the end of our passage for today, and that means it's time for us to ask our most important question. It's the question we ask every week around here. You haven't heard it for two weeks now. Did you all know that? Do you even remember what the question was? It's the most important question we ask it every week. It's what difference does all this make to my life? Say, Gordon, I don't have leprosy, right? I, I hope I don't ever have leprosy. I don't even have a cold right now. So, I mean, what difference does any of this make to me? What, how does this impact my life? Well, let's talk about that. You see, the question that Jesus asked in verse 17 was a rhetorical question. Rhetorical question means that Jesus knew the answer to the question. He was just simply asking it in order to make a point. And the point that Jesus is making here is that way too often people forget to thank God for all that he does for them, for the kind, for his kindness and for his mercy. Now, can we be honest for just a minute and admit that we sometimes can relate to these nine lepers who received a blessing from God, who received the mercy of God, who received the kindness of God, and just walked on down the road. Can we be honest for a minute and say, you know what, I can relate to that, that's happened before with me? Um, you know, there's a couple of areas in our life where this is primarily true. I want to give you three of them. Uh, number one is that we forget to thank God himself. We pray, God, get me out of this mess, right? And we get on our knees and we spend time asking God to help us through the situation. And God helps us through the situation. And God maybe gets us out of the mess. And then God doesn't hear from us again. Until, what? We're in another mess, right? And God's going, well, what about the time between the last time I helped you and this next time I helped you? Uh, where have you been? You know, we don't come back and get on our knees like this one leper. We just keep going down the road. We don't think to stop and say thank you to the Lord. We don't think to stop publicly and express our gratitude for what God has done for us. And folks, what Jesus is saying is that this dishonors God, that this offends God. Um, I think that Jesus is very clear here in Luke chapter 17 was irked at the ingratitude of the nine guys. You say, well, why didn't Jesus just like, take the healing back, right? Why wouldn't he just unheal them? He could have done that, right? He could just apply the leprosy back to them. Why didn't he do that? Well, it points to the kindness, the mercy, the patience of our loving God. And so that's who God is. And so God's not going to take back this wonderful blessing and promise that he gave. But at the same time, it does not excuse us from not being like the one leper who went back and praised the Lord for, for what he had done. All right, there's a second area where we tend to be like the ten lepers, and that is when it comes to our parents. These folks took care of us, friends. It's good that we got our Kidmo age kids in here today, right? Yeah, this is why they were here today. Our parents, they took care of us when we had a fever. They stayed up with us late at night. They talked with us when we were having trouble at school. Uh, through sleepless nights. They were with us. They worried about us. They provided for us. I mean, if they had just left us to our own devices for a week when we were little, we would have died. We would have starved to death. We would have been in a terrible spot. Um, and yet, uh, how many of us in a, have expressed a proper level of gratitude to them for all that they've done for us? Some of us have aging parents, and we're too busy to call them. We're too busy to visit them. We're too busy to check in on them. I mean, it's a good thing that our parents did not treat us the way many of us treat them in their older age. 
And so this is another area where Jesus is saying, hey, look, let's not neglect to say thank you and to show a proper level of gratitude. Finally, there's a third way that we are like the nine lepers, and that is when it comes to other people who have helped us in our lot in life. Could be a close friend, could be a coworker, a boss, people who have poured into you, who have helped you develop skills, who have helped you advance, uh, people who have helped you when you were in a difficult spot, perhaps a step parent, perhaps a relative, that when you were heading in a wrong direction, they redirected you and got you going in a right direction. Have we ever written them a letter, those people, to say thank you? Have we ever shown them a proper level of gratitude? To say, if it was not for what you did in my life and for your presence in my life when I needed you there, I may not be the person that I am today. I may not be where I am today. Listen, this is the point that Jesus is making in Luke chapter 17. That all of us are prone to be like these nine lepers. Namely, that we are prone to be ungrateful. And it's simply a part of our simple, sinful, self-centered, self-centered human nature. In fact, we find in the Bible over 100 times, over 100 times, God exhorts us to give thanks. Uh, he exhorts us to give thanks to him, and he exhorts us to give thanks to others. For example, Psalm chapter 100 and verse 4. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to the Lord and praise his name. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 7, Paul tells the Colossian Christians that they are to be overflowing. Listen, look at the word, overflowing with thankfulness. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 20, the Bible tells us that we are to always give thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You say, okay, Gordon, I get it. Giving thanks and being appreciative and showing gratitude is a big deal to God. But I got a question for you. Why is it such a big deal? Why does God over a hundred times say in the Bible that we are to give thanks a proper level of gratitude? Well, I got two reasons for you, and then I'm done, and we can go eat chicken, right? Number, number one, first reason giving thanks is such a big deal is because it brings the peace of God into our lives. Friends, when we are truly thankful, it brings peace and it brings calm into our lives. Listen to what the Apostle Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6. He said, Do not be anxious about anything, but instead, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, there's our word, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Next verse, verse 7, and the what? Peace of God. Because you gave thanksgiving, the peace of God, will, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind, in Christ Jesus. Listen, God's mercy runs through every single circumstance in our lives, friends. In the small potato stuff of life, as well as the big decisions and the times of crisis, God's mercy is always there. God's mercy is, it's kind of like people say, the saying goes, every cloud has a silver lining. Just the same, God's mercy is present in all circumstances. And Paul says that when we identify God's mercy, when we go looking for his mercy and thank God for it, we unlock God's supernatural peace in our good, bad, and even ugly situations. A second reason why God tells us to be thankful is that number two, a spirit of gratitude protects us from sin. A spirit of gratitude protects us from sin. Think about it. If Adam and Eve 
had shown a proper level of gratitude for all that God had given them and all the blessings that he had planted them in that garden with everything that they needed, if, God, if they had shown that proper level of gratitude, they probably never would have eaten from that tree. If David had shown a proper level of gratitude and shown God thanks in his heart for all that God had blessed him with, David probably never would have ended up uh, with the discretions with Bathsheba. If the people of Israel had truly been grateful for the freedom that they now had from slavery, they probably never would have been wandering around in the desert for 40 years. Listen, friends, one of the greatest protections against sin and self-destructive behavior in our lives is for us to be truly grateful for what the Lord has done for us. This is why the Apostle Paul said, Philippians chapter 4 and verse 11, For I have learned to be content, grateful, whatever the circumstances. You say, Gordon, wait a minute. Does that mean that it's wrong for me to want to try and advance myself? Like I'm just supposed to be content and just live my life the where I'm at right now? Is it wrong for me to want more? No, it's not wrong for you to want more. Pursue more. Uh, go after it. Uh, make gains. But do it God's way. In just a few moments, we're going to share a time of reflection where we pass the trays and celebrate the Lord's Supper. During this time, I want for you to reflect on three things. Let's reflect on God's mercy in our life today. Let's reflect on parents who have loved us and nurtured us. Let's reflect on people in our lives who, if they hadn't been there, when they were there, we may not be the person that we are today. Let's take this time of communion uh, as a time of reflection. Would you pray with me? Most gracious God, we thank you for opening up your word to us today. We thank you for the example of this one man who said, you know what, whatever I've got going on in my life, it can wait. I want to go spend some time thanking the Lord for what he's done for me. Lord, each week we gather around this table to recognize your shed blood and your broken body, to give thanks for the breadth and depth of your love. Lord, as we share this time of communion together, may we remember the many ways that we have been blessed through the lives of others, through the lives of those that have nurtured us, and most significantly, by the hand of God in our life. We give you this time. We pray these things in Christ's holy name. Amen.